Welcome to the Bridge Sermon Podcast. We hope you enjoy this message from our equipping pastor, Dennis Kozlov. To access other resources or to find out more information about our church, visit thebridgespringfield.com or find us on social media at The Bridge Springfield. Good morning, church. Good to see you guys. I'm Dennis Kozlov, a creeping pastor, and whatever he said I am, cool. Um, yeah, right. We are continuing our series that is called Living in His Body. Uh, we believe here in the gospel of grace. That's the only gospel there is. <laughs> and I'm so glad he did the communion today because when we do communion, it's a good news. It's not a sad news. It's a good news about your sins being forgiven and about God accepting you and giving, giving you his spirit. But that's not my message today. But we believe that you only find the true expression of God through the Lord Jesus Christ. Through the person and the work of Jesus Christ. It is the ultimate revelation of who God is, what his heart is. There's no other revelation. Everything else is an educated guess. Jesus is the revelation of who God is. What kind of God we have, we love, and we worship. And Christ is the mystery of God revealed. God is a mystery, has been a mystery. Oh, Dennis, so many things have been spoken about God in the Old Testament. I know, still mystery. Still educated guesses, glimpses, connected by people. All kinds of theologies are built around those little glimpses and all are wrong. <laughs> Jesus has come and said, no one knows the Father but the Son. And whoever Son is willing to reveal and he reveals. So Jesus Christ is the revelation of the mystery of God revealed. And if you begin to dig into that, you begin to learn that Jesus' heart is about the church. There are two capital C's in the New Testament, Christ and the church. And as you begin to dig into the church, you realize, oh my goodness, whatever thoughts that I have about the church are all wrong. Whatever ideas I have about what church is, is wrong because it takes a revelation. Just like it takes revelation to see Christ for who he really is, it takes revelation to see church for, for who she really is. And when you begin to see glimpses of that revelation, uh, your mind poof, gets exploded because you're part of that mystery. You're part of the mystery of Christ. That's why we talk about living in his body. There's not such thing as a lonely or lone ranger Christian, like doing good on its own, on his own. What is Christ doing today? He's building his church. How is he building his church? Through his body. Every member being an organ, bringing the life supply to other organs. That's how the body builds itself in love. So you are an organ. I told you that a couple of weeks ago in a very non-orthodox way. <laughs> Some of you remember. <laughs> ah. So church is way more than we think. So as we learn to see these things, we begin to see our part in it. We begin to see that none of these things, the church 
if we begin to see the church, the church is presented in the New Testament as the bride of Christ that prepares herself for the wedding feast. That's about you. If we look into the revelation of the church in the New Testament, we begin to see that church is not a weird group of people doing weird things. It's an army pushing back the forces of darkness. Whoa! If we keep digging into the revelation of what the church is, we see that it's a temple of God built out of the living stones, built together, and the presence of God comes and dwells among them. Wow! If we keep looking at the church, we can see it's the body of Christ. What is the body of Christ? When the body of individual Christ was on the earth, everybody knew he was the temple, he was the tabernacle, the presence of God dwelt within him. We touched the eternal word of life when we touched his body. You know that today it's applicable to us. The body of Christ is an extension of his ministry in this world. An ascended Christ, glorified Christ, today manifests himself through his body. How cool is that? <laughs> it's, I'm talking about you guys. It's it just like our eyes are not open fully yet for us to see this reality. But as we dig into that, we see that it, it, it also shows that there is our part to, to play. Our part. There is our part. None of these things can be accomplished without connectedness with each other, without commitment to a specific group of people that the, that the Bible calls local church, and without serving one another. So I'll be straightforward with you. I'll be point blank. I won't, I won't manipulate you trying to make you serve in the church and come more often and be connected and doing life together. <laughs> I'll just tell you guys, I want to see the glory of the church rise up. And I see that Paul says for this to happen, we need to embrace these things. We need to make a deliberate decision to, to see the church as a mystery of God on this earth. And to say, I want to participate in this mystery. I want to be this uh, vital organ of the body. I want to be this soldier in the army. I want to be this living stone that comes to him and is built up together with others. I want the presence of God fill his temple. I want to experience that. And I want to contribute to that. So if you want the same thing that I want, we need to learn to commit, to connect, and to serve. I'm not manipulating you. I'm just telling you the truth. So today I want to talk about service in the body of Christ. And I know a lot of you have heard a lot of messages about serving, and that was exactly what I just told you. It was a manipulation trying to get you work for a specific organization. I don't want that. Yes, we need, we need staff. We need workers. We need volunteers. But there might be two people doing the same thing as volunteers, and one of them is serving the Lord, and another one is not. I want you to become the one who serves the Lord. I don't want you to do whatever you want to do in the church and feeling unappreciated, underappreciated, not noticed or whatever. If all these things rise up in your heart, that just tells me that you've been deceived and you're trying to derive your validation from something that you're not supposed to derive it from. Does this make sense? Gosh, I'm totally off my script as usual. 
God is equipping his church and he's ready to provide all the necessary resources, both physical and spiritual. Yet there should be willingness on our part to connect, to commit, and to serve. And again, I said today I'll be talking about service. So how do you find out whether you're person number one who truly serves the Lord in the local church or you're just doing stuff at the church? Or maybe you're not doing anything. <laughs> I don't know. So uh, the title of my message today is Your Map. The Lord gave me this image, a map. You know how you come in a big mall, shopping mall, and sometimes doors are huge and they can have several floors and you can easily get overwhelmed and lost. So every once in a while they have this map there. You come and you're trying to figure out where you are and it usually it's little star or like a bright orange dot and it says, you're here. So I'm going to try to present to you today a map because our standard, our, our desire, Neil and I, we try to preach one-point message every Sunday, but sometimes it's hard because I look at you and I understand that you are all at different places. So I need to give one message to one, some of you and I, I need to give another message to s s some, some of you. So I will try to give you a map. And I'll tell you there are three spots in this map only. But only you can find out and figure out where are you on this map. All right? This makes sense or I'm getting you confused? Some maps are confusing, I know. My map should be simple. I hope so. So, I will give you a map of your spiritual life. But only you will be able to see where you are on this map. And you, where you want to be. That's a beautiful thing about maps. As soon as you figure out where you are... Immediately you know, is it where you want to be or you want to be somewhere else? And if you want to be somewhere else, you can figure out the way to get there, right? Okay, let's hope you'll get it today. Okay. So, since I use this, this image of a mall, first thing I want you to do is to make sure you're in. You're inside. There's no point in the map if you're outside. What am I saying? I'm saying... You've got to make sure you are a genuine Christian. Not American cultural Christian because all America is Christian, right? No, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about what Neil was sharing. When he put this wafer in his tongue and mom explained to him what happened, he became a Christian. That's what it takes. So right now, if you stepped into this hole and you're not sure, you can be sure. Just say, Jesus, I need you. How about we, we do it for the sake of those who may have never made this step today, just right now, together, out loud. And if you're people who have never said this to Jesus, just mean it from your heart. Let, let's do it together. Repeat after me. Lord Jesus, I need you. Come into my life. Come into my heart. Thank you for saving me. You are my Lord, and you are my Savior. Amen. You're a Christian now. <laughs> Go home and sin no more. <laughs> no, but it's, seriously, that's how simple it is. So those of you who did this prayer right now, and you meant it from your heart, I am telling you, you have been born again now. 
You can claim new life and new destiny for you. You are in. This map is applicable to you. You can use it now. All right, so on this map, I simplified it. And of course, I'm oversimplifying it to make it easy to understand. There are only three places. Place number one, I don't know how to call it. I call it place A, or I don't know. I call it a religious section. It's a miry clay. It's a sinking sand. And some of you, you're Christians, you're born again, you experience the Lord every once in a while, but you dwell in this section, and you shouldn't. Here's how, check yourself now. It's marked by constant hesitance, by constant double-mindedness, by lack of confidence, by lack of assurance that God is for you. You're, you're never sure about God and you re relationship. You're always trying to fix your relationship with the Lord. One day you feel okay, another day you're not feeling so okay. One day you feel you're saved, next day you don't feel you're saved. Some of you are there. Some of you are almost out of there, but your foot is still stuck in there. Get it out! <laughs> That's what we're doing in this church. We, let me tell you good news. That's not of God, this place, and God doesn't want you to live there. When you receive Jesus, the king comes and the kingdom comes. And the kingdom is manifested by peace, joy, righteousness as a gift of God. God has nothing against you. You're so confident. God is no longer your enemy. You're not anymore uh, unsure and insecure about God. You're confident. That means you're moved to the next section. The gospel. I call it place B. Blessed assurance of the gospel. So many believers, Christians, they say we're Christians. We believe in the gospel. But they're not sure about anything in their life. I know people who suffer. They're depressed. I'm not here to lay a guilt on depressed people. But you can be set free from depression and guilt. Because that's exactly what the gospel is to do for you. So if you say, I'm a Christian, you should be a happy guy. You should, you should be a happy gal. Because your sins are forgiven. The Holy Spirit came into your life. You're never alone. You're never abandoned. Are you confident in that? If you are, you moved. I, congratulations. You have moved. And that's why we are the bridge. We call the church the bridge. We want to get every single religious Christian out of their religion into the living relationship based on the firm foundation of the gospel of Jesus Christ, his person and his work. And we will always be doing that. We will always be doing that. I love that song. My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest frame but wholly lean on Jesus' name. Oh, Christ, this solid rock I stand. All other ground is sinking sand. All other ground is sinking sand. And I apologize for yelling at you. That's my tradition. I yell when I speak about Jesus and the gospel. Man. So there's a solid rock that, that God lays in our life. Don't believe religious crap. That's another name for the section A. Religious crap, you need detox, detoxification, detoxication. You need to get out of there into the gospel and stay there and get established there and breathe the crystal 
crisp, clean air, fresh air of the gospel. Whoo! You can get up every morning and say, I am a child of God. I am loved by God. No one can accuse me of anything. Who will bring charges about the children of God? No one can. God justifies me. Hello. Can you say that confidently about yourself? Man, you should. You should. You must. And you should bring others to that. And if you get there, you already have everything you need for life. You're set for life. You're good. It doesn't matter what kind of trials and tribulations befall your way. You will be all right. And you will overcome by the power of the one who loved you. You will overcome anybody and everything, even your own conscience, by the blood of the Lamb. By the blood of the Lamb. Oh, my goodness. Do you understand you're saints of God, you're holy ones of God, you're fully acceptable by God, you're qualified to be recipients of the Spirit of God, you're channels of God's glory. Well, you don't know who my life. I don't have to. I know the book about your true life, not the falsehoods that you're wearing sometimes. And by the way, you're free to see those falsehoods and to remove them from your life now. Oh, the Lord hasn't set me free from that addiction yet. No, he did. Dummy. <laughs> Sorry. Get into the revelation. Oh, gosh. I was going to tell you something important, but I think it's important too. And by the way, Last week, Neil did a fabulous job telling us how, how sometimes we feel painful going through some of the processes that God is leading us because God is helping us to remove those falsehoods from our life that cripple us. He heals our heart. You know, he only begins to really, you really begin to receive the healing of your heart when you stand on this solid rock. Our hearts are broken into many multiple pieces. That's why our life is a mess. Your life is a mess because your heart is a mess. It's broken by sin to multiple pieces. And one thing I remember from, from, my lecture, from the lectures that I received in my seminary from an Old Testament professor, two, Greek, two Hebrew words I remember, very important. Lev, that's heart, heart in Hebrew. And he said, Lev is an interesting concept in Jewish Bible. It's like a control center of the entire being. And the next important word related to the heart is shuv, turn. Your heart is, is movable. It's, it, it can turn to different directions. And the direction it turns, and by the way, you're in charge of directing it. And the way it turns determines your life. And God made our hearts to turn to Him. And when the sin came, it disintegrated our hearts into multiple pieces. And those pieces go in all possible directions in this life. And what God does when He brings you to Christ, He heals your heart. He puts it back together. He reintegrates it into one entity. He makes it soft again and movable again. And now you're free. That's why I say, He set you free, dummy. You know, you, 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 you're not addicted anymore. That piece of your heart that really clings to that yucky thing, it's, it's a phantom paint. Your heart 
is complete in the Lord now and you can turn your heart and by the way you're dead to that sin I'm going into all possible directions today I'm sorry I gave myself freedom to give multiple messages I guess but it's important so when your heart is healed you begin to turn it but that's not my message so I'm just saying to you that your heart is now capable of turning every single moment every single morning to the Lord and to receive from the Lord and to behold the Lord okay map coming back to the map point a religious miry clay sinking sand religious crap whatever you call it you move to the gospel of grace and you have peace now and you have joy now and not only so you experience the Holy Spirit in your life remember we talked about last time when I preached that sometimes you experience it at different levels even at the level of your body sometimes Holy Spirit becomes real he brings the reality of God in your life but it but it feels like a little glimpses of reality of God in your life the, the life is still pretty ordinary just bits and pieces of reality and you wonder I love my life now nobody can condemn me I'm free from shame and condemnation in fact I began to believe that I can change my life in fact I, I, I help and encourage other people and you, you begin to love Jesus by the way do you know that affection begins to build in your heart towards Jesus am I the only one <laughs> left behind <laughs> just kidding uh, so and then you have a question is there more on this map yes and here's the cool wonderful answer the Bible says emphatically yes there is more there's more and it's not like sometimes we pray God I want more of you you got it wrong buddy God gives you all of him it just your capacity is very limited and by praying God I want more of you I want to experience more of you what you're really praying let me interpret for you you're praying God increase my capacity to receive more of you increase my heart Lord you know so that when I turn my heart to you there's a bright light reflected from my heart into this world and the cool thing the good news is available it's it's the, the answer is yes there is more your heart can be increased Romans 12 and before I go to Romans 12 the uh, the illustration the image I got is is like just imagine when you were in a sinking ground when you were in place a on this map and you you were on the roller coaster of not knowing whether God loves you or not and let's say God helps you to move to a firm ground of the gospel of grace you have no doubts anymore about how God looks at you how he sees you how he loves you and then you begin to feel this breeze of air that's the Holy Spirit breathing on you and I can compare you to a mast on a ship that has been firmly established and you're in the open ocean now and the breeze is you can feel the breeze but you want more and if you do this more if you increase your capacity if you increase enlarge your heart it's like putting a big sail on this mast and all of a sudden the big wind begins to feel it and you begin to be part of God's movement on this earth do you want that you don't have to there's no guilt I'm 100% honest now 
You can just live for yourself. God is not going to be mad at you. If you're happy with your life, enjoy it. Enjoy it with God. You'll receive a lot of blessings. Dennis, we're not used to that. Well, get used to that. God is not mad at you. You can do shopping. You can do fishing. You can do whatever with God. He's not mad at He's, he, He'll enjoy going shopping with you and fishing with you. He'll bless you. You'll catch fish. But there is more. There is more. And this more is coming to the point when you've seen so much goodness of God that you begin to want more. You begin to hunger and long for more, yearn for more. And Paul often, Apostle Paul, who presents the gospel, he often presents the gospel and then he says, therefore, here's what you can do to implement it, to translate it into the practicality of your life. <clears throat> Romans 12 one, two, it's one of those passages. He just laid out the gospel in 12 chapters, in 11 chapters. Actually, 10, doesn't matter. Presented the beautiful picture of the gospel. And then he says, therefore, <clears throat> I appeal to you, brothers. That's Romans 12, 1 and 2. I appeal to you, brothers, by the mercies of God that he just presented, in the light of the mercies of God that he just presented, Present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship or service. This word can be translated in two different words. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. <clears throat> so this is more. This is place number three on my map. And that's totally on you guys to make this decision if you want to. To say, Lord, I want more. I want the sail on my mast. I want my heart to enlarge and increase and receive more. I don't want just the little glimpses. I don't want the little breaths of the Spirit in my life. I want a rushing mighty wind of the Spirit in my life. I want to see the church race. And he says, therefore, do this. Consecrate yourself. Give yourself. Give your body, he says. How does he say it here? Present your bodies as a living sacrifice. Unfortunately, for centuries, churches have been teaching about serving God wrong. I just told you that you have a firm ground, right? Firm foundation, your salvation. One of the fundamental things that we believe is the salvation is a gift of God's grace. You do not deserve it. Can I hear an amen to this? You do not. You never deserve it. So church for centuries, preachers for centuries conflated the gift of grace, the gift of salvation, the gospel of grace, eternal life, Holy Spirit, forgiveness of sins with your works and service and zeal and just doing stuff for the Lord. And you know what it does when you conflate them? That kills you spiritually. You should be firmly established in the free gift of God. You should be joyful no matter what. 
Man, I'm kind of serious today. I don't know. Radical forgiveness of sins, gift of righteousness, what we call the gospel of grace. With the call to serve God outside or inside the church. When you, when you make your involvement in the service of the Lord a condition for your salvation, you believe the lie. And you disqualified yourself from anything, actually. From any experience. That's why I'm telling you, it's okay just to live your life. God does not judge you. It's not the best life for you. Because God wants the best life for you. And I want the best life for me. And God knows we want the best life for ourselves. So he actually tells us in his word that it's better for us to come to our senses and say, my heart is too small. And you know why your heart is too small? Because you're, you're I don't know how to put it together. It's, it's like a... It's like a cocoon for yourself, for your ego. And as you grow in life, you, you stretch it a little bit to put like your wife in there. And then oh, the Lord gives you kids and they're like, oh. And now you have this cocoon and you were walking through life and everybody hurts you. Oh, everybody hurts you because they bump into you. They hurt you. They underappreciate you. They don't realize how hard life is for you. You know why you're so suffering? You're so miserable? Because you're in the center of your life, dude. So how do you enlarge your heart? Get rid of this dude. Just if, if what's the English word? E evict him or like when, when people occupy the house and you're like, evict, e evict your ego. Evict it. Just push the eject button or I don't know how it works. Empty yourself and fill your life with the grace of God. And when you fill your life with the grace of God, what it does, your heart softens. And it becomes crazy elastic. There is an elasticity of your heart that is crazy. You can't believe it. You know, human body is amazing. They say that people who take cycling seriously, the, the, the capacity of their lungs increases like tremendously, they say. People who run marathons, their heart transmutates, or I don't know what the word is. They begin to grow extra veins around it. And they save them often from, from a stroke later in life. So, you know, when you learn to deliberately say, I'm going to choose the goodness of God to be the main content of my life, and I'm going to remove anything and everything from that little space of my heart that I have, including me, myself, and my ideas and plans and ambitions, you create an empty space that is filled with the Spirit of God, and your heart begins to enlarge. And you begin to be able to put people in your heart. Not just your family. Your family is wonderful. But it's still continuation of yourself and your ego. You begin to love others. And you begin to get a lot of people. Sometimes groups of people. Sometimes regions. That's how God raises missionaries. He just puts the whole nation into a person's heart. And his or her heart becomes so big. They, go, they begin to cry for this nation. They embrace them. And then they find themselves in China or Georgia or wherever. I found myself in America in Ohio. <laughs> Seriously. I... Honestly, uh, my heart is big enough to embrace all of you. I'm not bragging because I'm praying for you. I'm crying for you sometimes. Do you for me? No. <laughs> it's good, guys. It's good. It's good. It's so good. 
It's the best version of a Christian life. This is the final destination on the map of a Christian life. Not just to be okay with God. It's wonderful to be okay with God. The biggest mistake is when people push people to serve God before they get established in the goodness of God. Don't let it happen to you. If you feel pressure like, oh, we need volunteers. We do need volunteers. Please come volunteer. But don't do it to qualify for God out of the guilt feeling. Do it out of the fullness of your heart. How to do it right? How to do it right is presented in the second chapter of the book of Ephesians. I'm going to read this passage and I'm going to be, I'm going to call it done. By the way, there are two negative stories of how <clears throat> negative examples of the service to God in the New Testament. First one is Mary and Martha. Who remembers the story? Jesus comes. He teaches two sisters. They're hosting and one sister is just soaking the words of life. Ooh, her heart is being enlarged. My goodness. And Martha looks around and she self-engineers feeding the poor ministries for Jesus. Serving the sandwiches that Jesus hasn't ordered. And she begins to run around. And finally, he gets, she gets so frustrated, she begins to blow out and say, Ah, Jesus, stop what you're doing. Tell them to do what I'm doing. That's what some churches do today. And we don't want to be church like that. If it's time for you just to sit at the feet of Jesus and just absorb, absorb to get rid of all these religious toxins, do that. But if you already begin to feel that your life is marked by joy instead of condemnation, by by. Uh, by joyful expectations and firm expectations of God's goodness in your life, it's probably time to consider serving in the body. All right? <laughs> and another one is example of two sons in the parable of a prodigal son, remember? One said, I don't want this service. Why did he say that? Because he didn't believe that the father loves him. So he left. Another dude also didn't believe that the father loves him. But he stayed, and he worked hard, and he served and served and served and served, but he wasn't a servant in his heart because, actually, I take it back, he was a slave in his mind. He wasn't a son, and that's the biggest thing. So you guys have, gosh, I'm just starting preaching, and time is already up. So, okay, I'm finishing. Let me get to uh, Ephesians, Philippians. Philippians 2 that I promised you. <clears throat> Here's the example. Here's what Paul says, what Jesus did. And I want you to pay attention. You've read this passage many times. Paul says, so beginning from uh, chapter 2, verses from 2 through 11. So if there is any encouragement in Christ, if there is any comfort from love, any participation in the Spirit, he means it's all there. It's all part of the gospel. There is encouragement in Christ. There is comfort from love. From love, comfort from love for you, for now. Not in the heaven sometime when you die. Today, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, there is encouragement in Christ. There's comfort from love. There's participation in the Spirit. There's affection and sympathy of God for your life. Complete my joy by being of the same mind, having the same love, being, full of, uh, being in full accord of one mind. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, 
But listen, in humility, in humility, count others more significant than yourself. That's an empty heart, beautiful empty heart. There's no ego in this heart. Let each of you look not only for his own interest, but also to the interest of others. And here's the crunch verse. Have this mind among yourself, which is yours in Christ Jesus. It's already yours. Just obtain it, like appropriate it. Who thought Jesus, he was, I'm, I'm sorry, who though he was in the form of God and did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, it's a bulky phrase, that means Jesus was the same as God. He was God. He knew that. He knew this, his his true self-worth. People talk a lot about the self-worth today. Well, guys, if you know your identity as a beloved child of God, you know your true self-worth. It's not false humility when you say, I'm nobody, I'm just a worm, I'm just a piece of dirt and a piece of mucus or whatever. That's a false humility. You need to know who you are in Christ Jesus. You're a beloved son of God, a daughter of God, a child of God. You have comfort of God. You have sympathy of God. You have love of God. You have protection of God. You have blessings of God. Say those things to yourself. But Jesus, knowing all of that, it says, he emptied himself by taking the form of a servant. Here's the paradox. Nothing is imposed on Jesus. He knows who he is. He is confident in who he is. He knows his value in the Father's eyes. And he chooses to empty himself, to go down, to go low, to serve as a servant. That's our call. God is not going to judge you if you don't go there. But you know what? If you worship, if you pray, and if you feel, Lord, I love you. I want more of you in my life. He says, you want more? Okay, you can have more. Learn to empty yourself and step into this low place of a servant. <clears throat> Today, so many American churches, they treat Christianity like Netflix. It's all spirituality on demand. Okay, I came to your church. What do you have to offer to me? Oh, we have so many things to offer to you, as long as you give your money to us. Oh, would you like to know your spiritual gifts? Yes, I would. Here's the test. I'm a prophet. Good. We'll put you in a prophet's team. I'm a prophet now. What is that? You think it's, it's this, what I just read? It's a full of ego. It's flesh. It's, the whole system is based on catering to the flesh. Knowing who you are in Christ and then deliberately being so full of this glory, this grace, and say, I want to share it. I, I want more than I can hold. Enlarge my capacity. Fill me. And the Lord says, okay, go down. Become a servant. And there's nothing glamorous about servant. It's an attitude of a heart. That's why I said there can be two people serving in the local church, doing volunteer work. One is a servant. One is not. One is happy. One is tired. 
One is happy and blessed. Another one is offended that people are not recognizing his important contribution. Do you want to be happy? I just told you how to. If you want to intensify what you already experience as the goodness of God, you got to learn to become a servant. But don't rush in there until you get established in the goodness of God manifested through the gospel of grace. That's why I'm so happy you come to our church. I would be happy if every church around here would preach stuff like we preach, but they don't. So you better come here. <laughs> I'm serious. I'm serious. Right, guys. I Honestly, oh, yeah, finally, musicians are here. They'll have to warm up a few more minutes while I'm finishing. God is smart, amen? He designed you in a certain way, amen? You respond to incentives. He knows that. He created you this way. He gives you tons of intensive, intensive incentives to serve Him and to serve others, to become a servant. And I, I don't have time, and I'm not going to give you many passages of Scripture. Well, I'll read you one. Paul, by the end of his life, the guy has been bitten so many times. He almost died so many times. Many, 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 many times people tried to kill him. They couldn't. <laughs> by the end of his life, and most of the churches he planted, they left him by the end of his life. And we look at Paul. I, I don't know. An average American or Russian today, if they would invest all their life into something and then at the end of their life, they're in jail, they're full of scars, everything hurts, and like all the churches that they built left him. You would probably be depressed. Look at Paul. Look at Paul. For I'm already being poured out as a drink offering. So he took his life as a service in the temple of God. There was a... Uh, Pour, how do you call it? Pour out offering? Drink offering. They would put wine and they would just pour it on the altar. And Paul took his life as like, I'm just a container to be filled with God. And what God filled me with, I'm just pouring out. And I see that I'm almost out of content. That means my time is coming. Hallelujah. He doesn't look what's happening around him. He says, the time of my departure has come. He's happy. I have fought a good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Henceforth, there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day. And not only to me, but also to all who have loved his appearing. Oh, my goodness. You know, guys, our life, if we take an attitude of a servant, that's called humility. Maybe the Lord will never give us a glamorous roles to fulfill in this life. Who cares? You, you'll be happy in the Lord and there'll be fruit. But here's the cool thing. There are three identities that are available to you. In fact, one of them is a must it's essential it's crucial it's indispensable and it's right now if you're a christian it's yours a child of god a beloved child of god how many of you can say you are one praise the lord but there are two others that you can obtain on this earth during this life a servant of god which is way cooler than than, than you think 
because as you begin to serve God and walk before him and do learn what his will is and doing this will you begin to learn develop friendship with God God becomes your friend Paul was a friend of God Abraham was a friend of God I know one thing most of you guys here if not all of you are children of God but only some of you are developing be, be, becoming ch uh, friends of God and this is the coolest thing that is available on this earth to have God not only as your father that you can call daddy but also as you grow to have him as your friend and get involved in his business and what he does on this earth okay guys I, I think I've been too serious so I'm gonna transition us to worship but I I really hope you guys take it seriously this seed and you would take it in prayer to God and right now, if any of what I said resonated in you, maybe you're on this map. And my question to you, where are you on this map? I described three places there. One place of despair and guilt and double-mindedness, not being assured or confident about anything about God. If you're there, come to be prayed with these people. The second place is you're happy because God is happy. Your sins are forgiven. You fully expect God to be present reality of your life every single day. I'm so happy for you. But if you want more, there's the third one. Lord, teach me how to evict this big fat ego in my life. To be filled with the Spirit of God. Soften my heart. Heal my heart. Increase my heart. To include other people other Christians and give me the heart of a servant I want to serve you by serving your people that's my call for you today so you deal with this now with the Lord let's worship now amen thanks for listening to this message we hope you received a fresh revelation of the gospel of grace and that you experience the goodness of God in your everyday life for more content like this or to stream our services live, visit thebridgespringfield.com. Have an awesome week.